0: Welcome to series four of the Confidence Fighter. I'm Mercer and on this podcast I'm here to help you find and grow your inner confidence. But before we get on with this episode I would really appreciate it if you subscribed. Okay without further ado let's get on with this episode. Hello and you're listening to The Confidence Fighter and today I'm delighted to welcome Mandy Hickson as my special guest here today. So Mandy can you tell me a bit
1: about yourself and your story? Of course I can. Firstly it's lovely to be here to join you Myrtle. Uh, so yeah I was the second woman that flew a Tornado gr 4 which is a fast jet um with big big two big engines that it has uh and I was the second woman to do that in the royal air force and I served for just under 17 years um in the RAF and left about 10 years ago
0: when did you first decide you wanted to become a pilot and get into you know, the planes okay
1: and stuff? So how old are, how old are you
0: myrtle um i'm 11
1: turning 12 on wednesday oh <laughs> Happy birthday then for Wednesday. Um, So I was a little bit older than you when I first got into it. So I was 13 and a half when I joined the Air Cadets, the RAF Air Cadets. And I'd always grown up listening to stories of my grandpa. who was a pilot in the Second World War. And so I joined the Air Cadets on the very first day they allowed girls to join, which was quite classic. Um, and it was while I was there that I flew for the first time. It was in a chipmunk, which is now in a museum. So it makes me feel really old. Um, but because I flew, I loved it. And I sort of thought, oh, my goodness, if you could actually do this as a job, it would be phenomenal. Can
0: you tell us a bit more about your entry into the RAF and, you know, qualifying and stuff?
1: Sure. Yeah. So it's really competitive to get into the Air Force. It still is today. Um and um basically when i first applied well when i was first interested in doing it women weren't allowed to be pilots in the air force but when i got to university i was in my second year of uni by then i'd got my private pilot's license through a scholarship through the ras scholarship uh, i was at university i was flying with another club called the university air squadron which is a continuation from the air cadets and they changed the rules allowing women to join so i applied to join then i failed all the tests to be a pilot i failed them twice which was really not good But you know what, which is when sometimes you just got to dig a little bit deeper and realise that things don't always work the first time or even the second time. But if you just give up, then you're never going to get there. So I just found a different way of doing it. And I was taken on as an air traffic controller initially. And then once I was in the Air Force, we started to make my case by the fact that I was actually a very capable pilot in the air. And in the end, they gave me a branch change, which means they allowed me to swap across from being an air traffic controller to a pilot.
0: What helped you not to give up?
1: You know, what did you tell yourself at that point? Yeah, so I think it's a really good question, actually. I think when you're younger, you know, these things happen. And I don't think I thought too much about it at the time. I just was always convinced that and I'd always visualised that I was going to become a pilot. And I think when I failed all the tests, I just couldn't understand really why I'd sort of been pretty good at flying in the air. Um, for real. So why couldn't I pass the tests? And they realised that they'd never really tested them on women before. And um, because I was one of the first ones that was coming through, um, there was a huge proportion of women that were taking the test that failed them. And so I think I had in the back of my mind, I had lots of support from people around me. And that's my best bit of advice would be to, you know, have an amazing team of friends and um, people that believe in you. My mum, my dad, they all believed in me, um, my sister. And then when I got through to the university, of I had the boss there, he believed in me. And so I think when you've got people telling you that you can do it, you it stops you from thinking, oh, I can't do it and getting really demoralised.
0: I'm curious about why you think the tests may have disadvantaged
1: women. Can you tell
0: us a bit more about that and why you thought that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, to be honest, I don't know because they're all done on sort of psychometric testing, but also they test your hand-to-eye coordination, memory skills, and i don't know I, they changed the tests in the end they actually spent a lot of time and effort and after about four years of me being in the air force i was asked to go back and actually do the tests again and i was really nervous because so i thought oh my gosh what happens if i fail them now that just means i'm rubbish um but actually i passed them with flying colors the second that, that on the new tests uh and it just sort of makes you realize that you know until things are tested you know I don't think there's necessarily huge differences but I do think that men and women process things slightly differently and I think that does need to be taken into account when you're looking at certain roles that people go into.
0: So you were one of the first females to be you know exception into the RAF so what was it like being
1: such like a male dominated um, place? Yeah it was tricky to be honest Myrtle it it was it was probably a lot harder when I'm looking back on it than I felt at the time going through training was fine because there were quite a few girls around that were going through with me, not necessarily on my course, but, um, you know, they were on other courses and the guys were all my best friends. So it was just like being with a big team of mates. But once I got to the front line, that was a bit different because I didn't know anyone there. And I turned up and of course they'd never had a female pilot. And there was a lot of bias to war against women as well, and I found it very isolating. Especially when I um, went out to the Gulf and I was serving, flying over Iraq, and I found that really quite hard to be the only woman out in um, in a combat zone for about four months. How did you cope with the banter? I think I've always been someone that just uses humour, and so I think if the banter got really harsh, I would get just get quite try and try and make it into a funny situation um the world has changed and the the military has changed enormously and I think you know actually thank goodness that culture has determined that things have changed that they aren't the same as they were when I went through and but I just think you know it's also about if the banter gets a little bit too harsh you need to say something and actually really be really honest and that can be a really difficult conversation to have though
0: what's it like to fly a jet could you like describe that feeling and what it feels like
1: it is brilliant. It's the best feeling in the world. So, if you can imagine, if anyone's ever been on a roller coaster, have you been on a roller coaster ride? Yes, I love roller coasters. I do yeah? Ah, oh, you see, perfect. Yeah, have you been to Thought Park at all? Yeah, or? yeah. Well, there's one called Stealth at Thought Park. <laughs> have you been on that one? Where it literally accelerates. It does this sort of like wing over, and then it comes back on itself. It only lasts about ten seconds. Um, but that acceleration that you get when it starts, and you get thrust back into your seat, and your cheeks cheeks all go wobbly. Um, that feeling is what it's like to take off in um, a fast jet so it's as close as i've ever felt is by by doing the stealth roller coaster or i think rita was the other one in alton towers but um yeah those ones are very much like taking off in a jet but it's fantastic especially low flying which is what i really love to do so you would be flying through sort of the valleys of lake district or scotland or wales and you've got these huge mountains coming up either side and you'd be lower than people who are sitting watching you on the hills And you give them a wave when you go past and uh yeah that's quite an incredible experience
0: can you tell us a bit about the worst part of your training was there a bad
1: bit yeah it's there there were some some pretty horrible bits one was where we had to do a survival exercise for a week and we were basically taught how to survive in the wild and dartmouth um and um sorry dartmoor should i say not dartmouth that would have been quite pleasant because that's a nice town so dartmoor which is quite a bleak sort of big moor down in um, the southwest and yeah it was really tricky it was really cold so it was minus three at night and you've got nothing apart from what you would have ejected with if i were to they sort of simulate that you've ejected and so you've got literally what you're wearing and a parachute so we had to sort of make shelters out of you know sticks and furs and leaves and things like that and and then at the end it was a particularly unpleasant thing where they teach you What you do if you're caught um in enemy territory and it was not very pleasant at all (laughs) that's not what i'd like to go through again i assure you
0: (laughs) did you ever want to give up at that point
1: um bizarrely no i think i think once you've got a certain way into it um i think giving up was just not What I actually thought about doing at all and I think it's always about just kind of focus on on what you want to get to and and where you want to get to and I think once you've invested so much time and effort to achieve your goals then you know you're not going to just stop at that point
0: what was Iraq like can you tell us a bit more about that experience
1: yeah it was very hot um so yeah it was really hot it's about 40 degrees um and yeah there was a lot happening out there at the time so it was it was the period actually between the two gulf wars and we were defending what's called the no-fly zone so we were basically flying over iraq but flying out of kuwait and yeah i mean it was quite stressful at times we were in you know we did encounter some enemy activity so we were uh, locked onto a, a surface to a missile um which was pretty challenging and yeah it was it was it was it was different and The biggest fear that I had there was being, um, would be letting your team down, if I'm really honest. So, um, yeah.
0: Can you tell us a bit about being locked on? What was going through your mind at that moment? What was going to happen?
1: Yeah, so that was pretty scary, actually. Um, So we were, I just swept up um, a target. We were doing reconnaissance and I was just coming back over the border, um, just towards the south of Iraq. And we saw this um flash and it was basically a missile launching and they launched what's called a heat seeking mode so in other words it it finds a hot thing to lock onto and it locked onto my heat which was my engines but we have um a deterrent it's called a countermeasure so flares and basically what happens is if you bring back the um heat of your engines so you bring them back to idle so that they're not creating a lot of energy and a lot of heat When the flares leave, the missile gets confused and it thinks that the flares are your engines and it takes those. And so I was very lucky that um, our training and the systems that we use to evade missiles worked on that occasion, which was very lucky.
0: What made you decide to leave the RAF?
1: So when I was in the Air Force, I had two children who are now 17 and 18. They're huge. I'm tall, but they're even taller. They're sort of six foot five and six foot four. And they look down at their six foot tall mum and go, are you right, little mummy? Um, but when I was in the Air Force, I had them when I was in the Air Force. And then um, you hit a natural point. So you sign on for a certain fixed period. Um, I think it's 18 years now or your 40th birthday. But it used to be 16 years or your 38th birthday. So when I hit my 38th birthday, it was my natural point to leave the Air Force. Um, and yeah, and I felt it was the right time to leave, really. I wanted to be a mum as well. I'd managed to balance being a mum and stay in the Air Force for about five years. Um, But, um, yeah, I felt it was time. They were just starting. They were at primary school by then, and it was was almost a little bit nicer to be able to spend a bit more time with them.
0: What advice would you give to your 13-year-old self if you were to go back in time?
1: I would say... Be And I love the fact that you're the confidence fighter because I think, you know what, I think it's about being yourself. I think it's about believing in yourself and about, you know, when things go wrong, about not just always sort of getting catastrophizing it by always thinking the worst. So things do happen. You know, we don't always win at what we want to do or we don't always succeed the first time. And I think it's about having that inherent belief. And I always say if I was to give a gift to my younger self it would be confidence because I think having confidence is one of the most important things because if you've got confidence it can breed so many other things but it, it you create a natural aura around yourself that people warm to that they want to talk to you about and um, I think it's fantastic that's why I love the fact that you're the confidence fighter
0: what's the biggest risk you've ever taken
1: I think when I left the air force I trained to become a commercial pilot. And that was the sort of what was called a well-trodden route. It's what a lot of people do. You know, I trained for all this time to be a pilot. And then you have this transferable skill and you take being a pilot from the military world. And you think, oh, I'll just become a pilot in the commercial world and become an airline pilot to take people on holiday. And actually, I I got my licenses. And then I thought, I don't really want to do that. My heart wasn't in it. My husband was doing it. And I just thought if we were both doing it, it would be really tricky for our kids. And I just thought... I want to do something different but that was like this huge risk because it was suddenly going into the unknown um which was when i basically um set up my own business and yeah made a completely different chose a completely different flight path for myself to take
0: you may have already mentioned this but what's the scariest thing you've ever done or gone through
1: Um, I think it was pretty scary when I got shot at. I actually nearly crashed an aeroplane once on a runway in Canada. Um, We landed in really bad weather and it ended up skidding. And I almost ended up going backwards at about 160 miles an hour. And that was pretty scary. Um, But again, the training, well, and a lot of luck got us through that one.
0: When you feel lacking in confidence, what do
1: you tell yourself to overcome it? Okay, so I have that quite a bit, actually. And I think it's an interesting one, really, because even as adults you know every now and then we sort of doubt ourselves and we think oh gosh can i do this and what i tend to do is i take myself to the toilet i shut the door and i think where's the evidence that you can't and you know what i want you to imagine you've got um a little devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other so all of this one's the negative and all this is the positive and basically you've got the devil saying you can't do it you know and you've got the and they're saying oh you know you're you're going to fail at this and then if you think all oh, where's the evidence that I'm going to fail? And there often is no evidence. There's nothing to back up that. But there'll be loads of evidence to say you can do it. And so actually, by focusing on the I can do it, and not on I can't, I that tends to get me through it. And that's how I really get a big confidence boost. So that when I open the toilet door, I come out and I think I'm going to leave all that negative thoughts behind. And I'm going to come out and I'm going to be feeling really positive.
0: What's your favourite song to dance to in the kitchen when you are cooking?
1: Oh, there's one called I Get Knocked Down, I Get Up Again, which I absolutely love. It was by a band called Chumbawamba. Uh, and it was our song when we were going through fast jet training because we all seemed to get knocked down quite a lot. But we all got up again. Um, and I love that one. Or my other favourite song is um, um, Mr Brightside. I not You can't beat that one.
0: What advice would you give to any young girls who were considering a career in the armed forces?
1: I would say it is a fantastic career. Um, I think things have changed an awful lot. Um, It's so much more accessible. There's so many more girls going into it. It's if you're the sort of person that enjoys team sport, that you enjoy being a little bit different, maybe, um, that you, I mean, I always love climbing trees, I love being, I, I quite enjoy getting dirty, I, I sort of, I enjoy, you know, every sport under the sun, and I think if you're that sort of person that wants and seeks adventure, it, you can't, I can't imagine a better job uh, that you could go into, so I'd say don't be, don't be worried about, you know, thinking, oh, but can I have a family, could I do this, because that's a long way off, You've got an entire life to lead before you choose to do something different, and I think it's about looking after and putting, you know, you yourself first as to what you want to do, and you know, a career in the in the armed forces is a fantastic career.
0: Thank you so much for talking to me today.
1: It's been my absolute pleasure, most all, and I think you're going to be a very successful young lady because there's certainly a lot of confidence there. So good luck in your future. Thank you so much for listening.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode of the Confidence Fighter and you're using Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating and review because this means other young girls can find this podcast more easily. Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.